Hello everyone and welcome to episode 3 of the Football Plug podcast. I'm once again joined by Mr. Matthew Ford. Say hello mate. Hello everyone. Have you had a good week? Busy? Uh, Living the lockdown dream? Yeah, I feel like this is the new American dream. The lockdown dream is the way forward. I've so I'm so unemployed, but I've done so much manual labour this week. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'm not I'm not built for this, Matt. I'm an actor. I'm not I'm not built for this nonsense. Oh, you're an actor. Yeah. Well, currently not an actor. <laughs> um, anyway, on to football. Um, this week we'll be discussing uh, the FA Cup, the Champions League, and the Europa League draws. Talking about Jamie Vardy's party again, and we could be discussing our strongest uh, England eleven from the squad that Gareth has chosen for the upcoming World Cup qualifiers. And of course, everybody's favourite part, uh, Matt versus Jack, round three. It's half time, but we're coming back for round three. So without further ado, let's get into it. So Jack, first up, we're going to have a little look back at the football that's just been gone over this last week. And I Do think... we have to? Oh, we absolutely have to. to. I'm very sorry. As a Man United fan, I do not want to. Oh, I don't want to either as an Arsenal fan. But I Should we think... just not? Should we just glaze over it? Or do we have to do it? I think we should. And I think oh, okay. we should start straight at the no, FA Cup. do we have to? Let's go, back. Let's go have a look at the FA Cup. Yeah. Do, okay, should, can we start on Saturday where there was like good football played? Yeah, let's go for it. That is, let's go. Talking of good football, Manchester City. Just doing Manchester City things again. Beating teams. Smashing necks. Cashing checks. All that good stuff. Um, Southampton beat Bournemouth 2-0, 3-0. 3-0, I think it was. Yeah. Um, I mean, you expect Southampton to beat Bournemouth, but um, Southampton have had a bit of a dip of form recently, so I feel like that would be good for their confidence. And they've they've got Leicester now, haven't they? They've got Leicester in the next round because that's who Man United would have played had Man United have actually turned up to the game. Yeah, absolutely. But they didn't. Um, we'll talk about that in just a second, I'm sure. Um but yeah, so fantastic results for Southampton and fantastic result for Manchester City. Not that they were ever not going to beat Everton. Everton are a fantastic team this season, but Manchester City are just next level at the moment. Yeah. Um, so I think we can probably both agree that those two results on Saturday weren't much of a shock, do you reckon? No, I agree with that. Absolutely agree with that. I mean, City this season, I don't know where they've signed this Ilkay Gunda one from because it weren't the one we've seen... For the last how many yeah. seasons it's since like a, sign it's from like another Dortmund. signing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. He's been he he has been the De Bruyne that was missing for those few games. He he has been that man. So then yeah. being in the squad together, woo! No, thank you. Uh, I guess we should probably talk about the football that happened the next day. Then should we start with Chelsea yep. Sheffield and save the best to last? Yeah, yeah. Go on then. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you expect Tuchel to beat them? Um, Sheffield United. Nevertheless, it's the FA Cup. Anything can happen in the Cup. So you still need to be on your toes. And Chelsea put in a great performance and a solid, solid win. Yeah, 2-0. I mean, like you said, Tuchel has just been... He has been great since he's been there. I know a lot of people are saying they're not scoring many goals. But they also aren't conceding goals and they're not losing oh, they games. They look great. They do look very, very Chelsea good. at the moment look good. I'm yeah. worried. I'm worried, honestly. I'm worried for next season. Yeah, agreed. And I think if if he can get pl- the players like Werner performing, I mean, the last two games, I believe Ziyech just scored. So he's clearly yeah. coming into some form now. Havertz, Havertz has been playing is, up is there. Looking as a, all right. Yeah, 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 been playing yeah. as a centre forward. And actually, I think the role is sort of false him. nine position, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. And I think it has suited him. So I think once him, three players come in with the players like Mount, and I think Rudiger's been like a revelation at the back. 
and Azpilicueta again, they're going to be a force to be reckoned with next season. But I'd also watch yeah, them. Yeah, it's going to be scary. I'd, I'd, I think City have a little, uh, little something to look forward to in the uh, semi-final there against Chelsea. Yeah, definitely. That'd be a that'd be an exciting game. It will. Let's um, next talk Arsenal. Yes. Uh, obviously, that wasn't an FA Cup game. That was a league game against West Ham. Mm-hmm. Um, so first half, uh, absolute decades from Arsenal. Um, three 0 down at half time, weren't you? Yeah, three 0 at half time. Lucky yeah. to luck, lucky to be three 0 down at half time. I'd like to actually add to that. Jay Ling's back on his dance floor. I have nothing to say about that. He he he, he played exceptionally in the first half. He was definitely the standout player of the game in the first half and probably the whole game. If you're having a look at comparing all the players, he was probably definitely deserved of man of the match. I think yep. West Ham's first goal when Lingard scored, that is something they do so well. They just break on you, get it to the edge of the box and with their players they have in that midfield, Suchek, mm. Lingard, Declan Rice. Rice. Oh God, Declan Rice. Come to Man United if you're listening. Yeah, they're, they're, they're great at that. But Arsenal, let's be honest, they had a horrid first half. I don't know what they did. going uh, on. If you think about it, both teams had a horrific game. Yeah, 100%. In total. Um, there's no way West Ham can let a 3-0 lead slip. And there's no way Arsenal can suffer a 3-0 defeat in the first half. That's, that's not good enough yeah. from both teams. I think I think West Ham will be annoyed that they weren't 4-0 up at half-time. And I also think Arsenal will be very annoyed that they didn't win the game in that second half. Because yeah. there's a couple of chances they, they probably flying, should have taken yeah. and scored. It was two own goals, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, Suchek and yeah. it was Dawson as well. Yeah. Um, Dawson scoring again. Again, Can't I stop know. scoring Dawson. He's been a great signing for <laughs> Doesn't matter what end it's at, <laughs> as long as it's a goal. So, yeah, all in all, a pretty poor performance from both... Te- uh, equally poor and equally good performance from both teams. Yeah. They, I think you would say that from Arsenal, that's not good enough. Definitely not. Not a team who are, who are on a rebuild and looking to... Oh, that, they can't even... I wouldn't even say they'll scrape European football this season. But they, that's what they're aiming for. And it just won't happen with performances like that. Yeah, a lot's got to happen, isn't it, for that to happen? Yeah, I mean, their first goal to go 1-0 down, I don't think there's anything that they could have done about that. It was going to be 1-0. But the second two goals after that, Leno, I don't know how that went past him from that quick free kick. <laughs> no. And then, yeah, the third goal, again, that def- that defence are a little bit rocky. They started the season so well, but something's changed. I don't know if it's been down to injuries or too much of a rotation. We've had Luiz, Gabriel, we've had Mary all rotating in and out. So yeah, I think that's the same for most squads, isn't it? The, the yeah. injuries and stuff. But I feel like what's really important in the league is to have a strongest eleven. Yeah, consistency. That you try and play every... T- you know, I talk about Man United again. If you look at back at the Man United of the mid-90s and stuff, the, the same players were playing every single game. Yeah. Um, And I think consistently the Chelsea team Mourinho's like Chelsea team in like whenever it was 2004 or 5 whenever that Arsenal team the Arsenal Invincibles team that was pretty much the same 11 yeah. nearly every game and that sort of consistency works um, but obviously the the circumstances the rush of games and injuries and stuff doesn't help but that consistently is definitely needed so then the next game Matt the game that kicked off at 5 o'clock and I Wanted to turn it off about 15 minutes later. 15? You lasted that long? Wow. I, I did last. Because actually, the first 10 minutes or something, we looked all right and I thought, hold on. Are we, we beating go. Leicester City today? Hello. And then and then they, they scored. Um, 
I could honestly talk for hours and hours about what went wrong that game. I'm going to try and keep it concise. First of all, what the hell was Solskjaer doing resting most of the first team players? Why wasn't why didn't Fernandez start? Why didn't Rashford start? Why didn't McTominay start? Why didn't Luke Shaw start? Why didn't Edison Cavani start? Do you have, do you have any answers for me there, Matt? Joe, this is my question. That I not just that Man United game. I ask a lot of managers that obviously they see the League Cup and the FA Cup. They they see those as their rotation games. I'm going to play no a younger way. team, but for that me, frustrates me so much. Yeah, I understand. It's, it's, you need silverware. Get, yeah. That win is the it. Key. Go and win it. You've got obviously you want to, you want to give your kids a rotation, get them playing the game, get them experience. Of course, no, but when you no reach way. a quarter final, a semi final, can you really Against be Leicester. relying on those teams? Exactly, mate. If if we're playing if we're playing Bournemouth, like Southampton were, yeah, all right, start yeah. Diallo, start McFred and McMatic in the boring middle of our boring boring midfield, but not against Leicester. No. Like, Jesus Christ. And Didi and Tielemans looked at that team sheet and thought, thank God for that. Yeah. Thank God for no Bruno Fernandes. And oh. they, they took advantage of it. And even so, they're great players. They would have given Fernandes they a chance. But they've, yeah, they, like they you would said, have. They've, you've, they've looked at that team and gone, well, he's not there. So this is a, let's put our feet up this afternoon. I, I, when, the, when I got a little notification on my phone and team sheets released and I clicked on it and I thought, what? the f*** is going on here? Are we playing like Stockport or something? Yeah. This is a quarter final of one of the only pieces of silverware that we can win. If, if you ask me, and I reckon if you ask most Man United fans, they'd rather win the FA Cup than they would the Europa League. You know, the FA Cup's got heritage. It's, that's, that's, a, that's a big trophy to win. That If you win the FA Cup, you're the... Other than the Premier League champions, effectively, you're one of the best teams in English football. Yeah. I mean, I, like you said, it's the history, so much history behind that competition. And it's something like next season. I know it's that people see it as a pre-season friendly. You, they go to the Community Shield. That's another bit of silverware, whether you class it as a friendly or not. It's another bit of silverware you can add on. Yeah. Which, which is like, a, why would you not want to win it? Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and, I, and I appreciate to some, some players might rather represent their country than play in that competition because there is rumours that Rashford said I'd like to take the game out so I can be fully fit for the England internationals but that's where Solskjaer comes in and says absolutely not yeah you you are playing in this game I'm your manager you're... Solskjaer should know that how big that competition is to Man United I think he's won it three or four times with him yeah so he should know exactly how how big that competition is in British football I think that was just one huge c**k up from Solskjaer there. And I th- it, what frustrates me is he's a professional manager and he's paid five, six million quid a year to do what he does. And I know that I could have made a better team choice there. Maybe there's things we, we don't know. Maybe Rashford was injured. McTominay only had half a game in him. Um, Fernandez did need a rest because I don't think Fernandez has had a rest for months. But there's the other side of the coin. They're professional athletes. Yeah, they should be able to do that every other day. I understand me and you playing football on Sunday, kicking around in a park is so much different to the <laughs> intensity of the Premier League. But their fitness has got to be that much more yeah. as well. I also look at it as obviously there's a lot of links with Pogba looking like he might be leaving at the end of the season. Also read a lot of stuff. Pogba I... looked so good in that first half. Yeah, he was controlling the midfield. Oh yeah, take him off. Okay, yeah, we'll yeah. take him off. I don't care if he's not fit enough. Put him on. 
just let him sit in that midfield. Yeah. That, they said, I've seen, I've read a lot of stuff with Fernandez. apparently, I don't know how true it is, being unhappy and blah, blah, blah. Surely you want to look at these FA Cup games going, this is our chance to win a trophy. These big yeah. players, we want to keep them here. We want, let's get them that silverware that might go, oh, actually, I might stay at United. We can compete. We can do. Yeah. But Pogba's not going to look at that anymore. He, he'd go, oh. Of course, yeah, of course he's not happy if he's not winning no. trophies and stuff. You know, Fernandez is a great player and he's probably having a great time at Man United. It's the biggest club he's been at so far. Yeah. But bearing in mind the money he's on or what he might be offered in his next contract, he's not going to be happy if he's not winning trophies. No. That guy wants to win things. And if he doesn't win things, he'll go to Barcelona, Real Madrid, and he'll win things. Yeah. And it's not good enough. And and unless United spend some serious money in the summer, I can't see the next time we win the Premier League. I can't. It's going to take something. Yeah. It's going to take a lot. We should probably like flip the coin and then say that how bad Manchester United were was not helped by how fantastic Leicester City were. I, Leicester are just fantastic every time I watch them. Whether they win they or lose, good, even if they lose, I look at the squad and I'm like, did they play badly? Probably not. They probably just got outplayed. And I think that is kudos to Brendan Rodgers for what he's done there. He Ian is Acho again. Phenomenal, man. And Ian Acho, yeah. Ex, I would probably he probably enjoyed it even more being a ex city. <laughs> probably loved it. Didi Tielemans, yeah, Johnny Evans, Sancho, yeah. Oh, did Sancho play? Yeah, Fafana. They were just they were all brilliant. And Schmeichel obviously always puts in a shift as always. Yeah, and even I'm not being funny. I saw a, a clip of um, Peter Schmeichel watching Casper playing against United, and he was even as much as he probably has a love for United. He what he snake. just looked so proud of his snake. son. Well, Hate him. Yeah. snake. <laughs> All right, so something else that happened during the week was the draws for the Champions League and the Europa League. We're just going to quickly run through them and, and give you our predictions and maybe who we think might win the competitions outright. So the Champions League, we've got Liverpool versus Real Madrid, a repeat of a few years ago, two was, years ago, was yeah. it when Salah got his shoulder naffed in by Sergio Ramos. Uh, we've got Dortmund City, uh, PSG Bayern Munich and Porto versus Chelsea. I think we can start by saying that Chelsea have lucked out there with Porto. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if, if the Porto side show up like they did against Juventus, they're still going to have a struggle against this Chelsea side. Although, but- to be honest, I don't think Chelsea have lucked out because I think Chelsea, at the moment, are good enough to take on any of those teams. I think they're strong enough to take on, you know, Bayern, City, Real Madrid. So, it'd be exciting. On paper, looking at them, I'd probably say Chelsea... And Munich, I would say the two favourites in form and how they've been playing this season. I'll probably put them two up there with what I'd say will be the final. Ooh, interesting. So, Liverpool, Real Madrid. Uh, Liverpool, I've, I think, are going to come out yeah. on top there. I don't yeah, think Madrid... Madrid has They're not been good very enough. inconsistent this season. Yeah. I, know I mean, so have Liverpool, but, but Mo Salah. Yeah. I, I predict a Mo Salah masterclass. I can see it. Yeah. He hasn't. He hasn't. He hasn't done it for a while. But I can see it happening. Uh, Dortmund City. City. I know they've yeah. got. I know they've got Haaland, but City. Yeah. You know. I think City will knock them out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, PSG Bayern. For me, that's that's Bayern. All yeah, day Bayern long. all day long. All day long. PSG good. Mbappe good. Di Maria very good. Verratti good. Icardi good. Bayern Munich Lewandowski world class. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> it's very good. Yeah. <laughs> That was my German accent. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The German Bayern Munich will beat uh, PSG in the Champions League, yeah. 
I that was know. quite good actually, wasn't it? I don't know. I thought it was more like Borat to start with, but we'll, we'll roll yeah. with it. Uh, Porto, Chelsea. I think we've already said this, but I, I think Chelsea. Yeah, all day. All, all day. Yeah, agreed with that. But who would you say is going to win the whole competition? I am going to say Manchester City. Okay, so what you're saying... It's about bloody time they want it. So their route to the final with what you're saying will be City beat Dortmund, then they beat Munich, and who are they going to come up in the final against? They will come up in the final against Chelsea. And then they'll beat Chelsea. That is a tough I run. I think they will do. That is a tough run. <laughs> that is not fun. No. But it's Manchester City. Manchester City can do things to anyone at the moment. Yeah. No, they can. They have got an insane squad. I just don't know if they're going to do it. I feel like it's going to be the whole thing of Chelsea, uh, City and their phobia of playing in the Champions League. Do you reckon? Yeah. Well, we'll have to. I mean, that phobia's got, got to break sometime. And I think the form they're in at the moment now is probably the time that it might break. You'd think so. But I've been saying the same so. with Arsenal in the Premier League for the last 54 seasons. And it's yeah, still because you're an happened. Arsenal fan. Yeah, true. <laughs> All right, then. Um, Europa League, hit me. So, uh, the Europa League draw is Manchester United versus Granada, Arsenal versus Slavia Prague, Roma versus Ajax, and Villarreal versus Dynamo Zagreb. Um, and then you have, after that, will be either United Granada versus either Roma or Ajax, Arsenal Slavia Prague versus Villarreal or Dynamo Zagreb. Okay, start from the top and we'll um, we'll see who we think will win. United Granada, I mean... <laughs> You've got to say it's going to be a United win, but... Jesus Christ. Granada... You have f***ing hope so, wouldn't this you, Matt? Is, this is Granada's first season in the competition, and look where they are. They're in the quarterfinals. They, they, yeah, that is, that is impressive. They can't be upset whether they get knocked out to United or not. They're going to be playing with no fear, no worries. Exactly. So, That's what worries me. That's what worries me. That that, they'll play with absolutely no fear. Although Man United... Oh, no. I'm not even going to say it. Yes. I do think, neutrally... Manchester United will come out on top in that tie. Yeah, I, I agree, and they that like they have to at the end of the day. It's this is otherwise Ollie's out of a job. This is make or break of their season. Get, yeah, getting past Granada, whether they win the competition or not. If they lose to Granada, then that has completely yeah. overshadows their season. Yeah. yeah. Next one, Arsenal Slavia Prague. Uh, I think that that's a tougher um draw. For Arsenal, Slavia Prague are—they're almost like a British bogey team. But I do think Arsenal will win. I, I think, think Arsenal I think will, win. will beat Slavia Prague. Yeah, I'm not saying that Arsenal are 100 million times better than Rangers, but it's a—it is a slight different class. I, I, well, in oh, yeah. my opinion, it's definitely a different class. Yeah. So they—they they probably won't find it as easy as they might have found it in that game. So I, I Arsenal are going to win that one, in my opinion. Yeah, and here, here's a controversial opinion. Rangers and Celtic, mid-table clubs in the Premier League. Mid- Burnley give them a good game. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, 100%. Leicester beat them nine times out of ten. Yeah. Anyway, um, but Man United lose to them ten times out of ten, because that's what we do. Next one. Uh, Roma-Ajax, which I'd probably say is what the, a game. the biggest game with this uh, what quarter a game. final. Yeah. For me, that is Ajax. For me, that is roma Oh, really? Yeah. Ooh. Um, I'd love to give you some statistics to back up my opinion, but I don't have any. That's just my uh, gut feeling, is Ajax. I think... I don't think Ajax are the same as they were 
two oh, or three seasons not. ago. Neither, I mean, Roma aren't what they were ten, ten years ago, but I just think Roma have a better squad. All in all, they have a better squad, which they're going to need at this point in the season. I don't think I could name one Roma player. Mkhitaryan? <laughs> we both know about him. Who? <laughs> uh, Edin Dzeko? Who? Never heard of him. Uh, of course you haven't. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> does, um, does that winger play? El Sharawi. El Sharawi. He, yeah, he's gone he back does, to yeah. them. He, he moved to I, China and now he's gone back. Yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. When the salary cap came in, he yeah. moved back to oh, yeah. proper football. Um, yeah, I mean, I probably couldn't name many Ajax players either, to be honest. But I know we've got Onana in goal. Well, Onana, right? no, well, Onana, I'm not sure what's going on, but he was obviously found guilty of... Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. Um, he's been banned from football for a hundred years, isn't he? So yeah, I'm not, I don't know like, when that comes yeah, into place. Took, took his wife's drugs or something like that. I, he was, yeah, yes. bullshit. Anyway, yeah, that's that one. <laughs> um. All right, well, he's not going to be playing in goal then, so their reserve keeper will be playing. Oh, that might change. No, no, no. Ajax for me. Okay. So we'll we'll agree to disagree there. Yeah, uh, and then um, last one next is one. Uh, Villarreal and Dinamo Zagreb. Boring, boring, boring. I mean, uh, Villarreal, in my opinion. They've got Unai Emery, who is a great tacticianer. Yeah, I'll agree with you there. So we've got Man United going through. Who the might they be playing? Uh, Ajax or Roma? So in your opinion, it'll be United-Ajax. Yeah. Yeah. That is a tough game. But for me, I think... I think Man United win that one as well. Okay. So United are honest. one of your finalists. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, of course they are. I, yeah. I I thought I agree there. To be fair, I think United, if they get through, and Roma get through, like I think, I think United will beat Roma, and they'll be finalists. Yeah. So then you have um, Arsenal versus Villarreal is both of our semi-final. Again, that's a tough game, but I, I feel Arsenal win that as well. I hope they do. If if this is how it goes, I just do not want Mister Emery coming back to haunt us. <laughs> I don't think he will. Good evening. I was going to say, good evening, everybody. Good evening. I am back here at Arsenal. Good evening. <laughs> what a joker. Um, so, Arsenal, yeah? Yeah, Arsenal. So, that's a United-Arsenal final. Wow. Hello. Hello. Imagine well. a United-Arsenal final in the Europa League and a uh, Chelsea-City Chelsea City. Chelsea City final. That would be fantastic. And that just proves what I've always thought, that English football is the best in the world. Oh, it really is. It is. So, who's going to so win, So, we're... S- I think, wow, if we go by this season's uh, head-to-head, Arsenal are unbeaten against uh They are United. indeed. They oh, are. One, win, one win and one draw? Yeah. Is that right? Or was it two wins? One win, one Might draw. One win, one draw, yeah. yeah. <sighs> well, do you know what? I'm just, I, As a Man United fan, I'm just going to say Man United. Yeah. And I've, I'm going to hope... I'm going to hope Man United win. And as an Arsenal fan, I assume you're going to say Arsenal. I'm never going to bet against them, whether they're playing against City, Barcelona. I'm never going to bet against them. So I'm sticking with Arsenal. Yeah, we're going to win. Okay, that'd be interesting. So next up, we have your favourite part of the show, and that is Jamie Vardy's party, everyone. Now, last week, Jack, I came up with a few nominations of who should be invited to the party. So... I'm going to hand it over to you this week. Who do you think Love that. should be uh, nominated? Well, actually, Matt, someone, the first person I've uh, seen is someone who's probably close to your heart. <gasps> An ex-Arsenal player, mate. Oh, okay. Who's Mr. J. Emmanuel Thomas. J. Emmanuel Thomas. Wow. Remember him? Wow. Like, d- did he start a I remember senior him. game for Arsenal? No, I remember him as a kid <laughs> coming up through the ranks of people Normal. like, oh, he's the next big thing, next big... Oh, he's gone, bye. Yeah, see ya. And he, yeah, he sort of 
declined yeah. since then. However, he scored an absolute peach of a goal for whatever Scottish team he plays for. Livingston, that's the one. Um, I don't know if you've seen it. He's got his back to goal. He's in the he gets gets the ball played into him. He's got his back to goal. Flicks it up with one foot. Finishes it with the other on the volley. It is an absolute peach of a goal. He's he's not far from the goal. He can only be twenty fifteen foot away. He's in he's in the box. Okay. But it's just the way he's got his back to the defender. Flicks it up with one foot. Swivels and hits it with the other straight into the top bins. It is a great finish and something Jamie Vardy would be proud of. And we'd love to talk about it at his party. Okay, okay, I, I like that. I like that, especially it being ex-Arsenal player. So I definitely would like to see him going. But who who else have you got in mind? Well, as you know, there was a game that happened at the weekend, Matt, that might have upset me a little bit. No, can you please just tell me what it was? What, what was the yeah, score? It was, it was Leicester 3, Manchester United. Oh, won. yeah, yeah, I remember that one. In the FA Cup. Most of the time, Jamie Vardy's party invite goes to someone who's done something outrageous or just been a bit of a shit house. But this week... I want to put this guy's name forward, Yuri Tielemans, for his instrumental play against Man United. I thought he was magnificent, and although he scored one, um, but I, th- I thought he won the game for Leicester City just through how good he played. I mean, his run and his finish was outstanding, but it's the way he stopped everything that came the other way, him and Ndidi, and he brought everything forward, and he just ran that Leicester City team. That His performances are so impressive for someone who is only 23 years old. He is an incredible player. Is he only 23? He's 23. Oh my God, I thought he was like 28 or something. No, he's so young. I, I like that. I definitely think he's up there. So, of course, in this section, we do need someone who's been a bit of a shithouse as well. Um, and, of course, there's only one person this week. Kemar Roof for Rangers against Slavia Prague in the Europa League. Now, Kemar Roof has uh, fanci- always fancied himself as a bit of an actor. And he, he heard that this new karate kid was coming out. He thought, oh, I want to audition for that. So he's been practicing on the pitch. So what does he do? He karate kicks to the actual skull of the Slavia Prague goalkeeper. <laughs> and he splits his forehead literally in two. <laughs> and he just obviously gets red carded. But he just walks away like that's just something he does on a Saturday night. Kemar Roof. So Kemar Roof's karate kick for me. Is a strong contender <laughs> Jamie for Jamie Vardy's party. He would be prouder. He would, he would be, be very so proud. proud. So what do you reckon, Matt? I'll, I'll leave it up to you this week. Do you know what? We have two people in that in the party already who have maybe not been the best at football, clearly, with two-footed tackles and screaming in managers' faces. So I'm actually going to give it to someone who has been nominated before. Because how many times can they be nominated before we let them have the invitation? So I am going to give it this week to Mr. Yuri Tielemans. So Mr. Well done, Yuri. Tielemans, congratulations. Congratulations. Enjoy the party. Bring some finger food, some cocktail sausages or something. Vardy loves that. Right, so next up, we're going to have a look at the England squad that's been announced that Gareth Southgate has picked for the up-and-coming England World Cup qualifiers. Now, we did put it out there on our socials, uh, who you think should be our starting eleven for those games out of those players. Grant has said, he hasn't put in a squad, he hasn't done what we asked him, thanks Grant, but he's he's, he's put his opinion forward. He says, the fact that Wan-Bissaka doesn't get a look in is criminal. Discuss that, Matt. I think we had a discussion before we have so much strength in depth at right back that it's so difficult to get all of those players in. Like we said, Walker, Wan-Bissaka, Trippier, 
Reese James, Alexander Arnold. You can't have all of them. I think taking three, Correct. taking three of them like he is doing, I think that's a, that's quite a lot anyway. I yeah. think I, I personally would only take two. So taking three, I think one of them has been lucky. So does Wan Bissaka yeah. outweigh the one to have gone? Maybe you. Could... Yes, I think he does. I think he's better than Trippier. I, I think you could put him in ahead if of Trippier, but I don't think you can put him ahead of Reese James and Walker this season. But I think there's an actual reason for this, though. Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think Wambasaka has started a senior England game. No, he hasn't. And I think that's. He what... started an under 21s. Yeah. But he's not started a senior England game. And I think he's still deciding uh, which country to represent. I think that's the fear. So I now. think that could be the reason. But I think for him, and this is, re- I, I'm not saying I, I would, I'm happy to see England players switch nationality. I just think if he wants to play international football in the long run, Alexander Arnold is a lot younger. Well, I say a lot younger. He's a few years younger. So is Reese James. I feel like the position is going to be theirs for the next ten years. I'm not sure yeah, he's I going agree. to get a look in. So I think he's a great player, but unfortunately, I just don't think he's going to get a look in for the England squad. Okay, so moving on to the next uh, strongest squad. This one was sent in through Instagram again by Jake. Uh, so he, I assume, what looks like a four-three-three, I think. Yeah. Uh, so he's got Nick Pope in goal. Again, he's gone Trippier, Maguire, but he swapped uh, Stones out for Mings, and he's put Luke Shaw in again. Interesting. Stones for Mings. Okay. Uh, and in his midfield three, he's got Foden, Mount, and Lingard. I've got a few issues with that. Uh, and up front, and I've got 101 issues with this, <laughs> Saka, Calvert-Lewin, and Raheem Sterling. Uh, let's talk about the defence. Uh, Tyrone Mings, I think John Stone starts ahead of him. I appreciate we spoke the other week about having a left-footed centre-back, but that is only really applicable in a back three, really. So for me, Mings isn't as good a shout as Stones in. What do you reckon, Matt? I think it is one of them things. Personally, I would choose Stones, but I'm also a bit like, the, I don't mean this horribly to anyone, but the opponents we're facing, we can rotate the squad. Yeah. Mings has obviously got played a lot more for England over the last few seasons than Stones, so maybe it is a good chance. Yeah, he has actually, yeah. To see, yeah, I've not thought about that. It's actually. a good thing for either of them. Mings has obviously got a bit more experience the last few seasons, but Stones, it'd be good for him to get back into that England squad and get a little. Yeah, run but out I, there. I guess we didn't, we didn't ask for what squad do we think should play. We asked for yeah. the strongest squad out of that. But everybody, everybody's entitled to their own opinion. Jake obviously thinks that uh, Mings is a better player than Stones. Yeah, so that's fair enough. Talk about the midfield. I would strongly disagree with that midfield three of Foden, Mount and Lingard. Now, I appreciate, not that they're playing, but we've got Grealish and Madison as well. They've got like a plethora of midfield players that they could choose from. But I think there does need to be a bit of defensive solidity in there. Yeah, so I'd... Foden, Mount and Lingard, one of them has got to come out for Rice or Henderson. I th- yeah, I think one of them has got to come out for Declan Rice because um, it yeah. is very attacking. So it's just nice to get that bit of solidity I would keep position. I would keep Mason Mount in there because I think Mason Mount, like Foden, plays football for fun. Would I have Foden in the midfield or is Foden for me on the wing? If I can't have him on the wing, then I guess he gets in the midfield instead of Lingard. So I would change Jake's Foden, Mount and Lingard to Mount, Rice and Foden. 
I, 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 that's what I would have done. That's what I would do personally. I'd get that more defensive-minded player in place of J-Lings, unfortunately. Yeah, sorry, J-Lings. Uh, and then the very interesting Saka, Calvert-Lewin and Raheem Sterling. Now, Raheem Sterling, I agree with, yeah, on the left-hand side. Yeah, I'll, I'll have that. But Saka and Calvert-Lewin, I don't think they're the strongest. It's got to be Kane and Rashford slash Foden if he's playing on the wing. What do you reckon? I don't think Calvert-Lewin is strongest, no. Kane is the strongest. Yes. I will leave the next discussion when I tell you what I think my team is. And finally, the last squad sent in uh, by Josh. Um, he has gone Pope. Uh, what has he said? This is a 4-3-3 with a defensive midfielder. Um, Pope, Shaw, Maguire, Stones, James. I like that. For me, that starts very well. Rice, Foden, Mount. I also like that. Rashford, Kane, Sterling. And that, for me, is the strongest squad. Okay. What do you reckon? So if we're making, if you're making your strongest squad, Matt, what do you change out of that? So my strongest squad uh, is actually James Stones, Maguire, and Shaw. So the same as Josh. Yeah. I think Pope's stronger, but I, I just actually think I'm, pl- I, I'm putting Henderson in. Okay. Personally, even though I, I did say before Pope, he still would be my number one. But I'm actually going to play Henderson for these okay. these games coming up. My midfield, you're going to be very... You're, this is going to make your jaw hit the floor. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm playing Declan Rice. Yeah. Alongside James Ward-Prowse. Okay. Uh, then in front of them, I have Sterling on the wing, Saka on the other wing, and Foden just behind the striker of Harry Kane. And the reason okay. I'm saying this is because I think if you're looking at form... You, that is our most informed team. Um, I, I uh, would disagree with James Ward-Prowse. I think Mason Mount is more informed. Do you know what? I, I, my problem with that is I really wanted to put Mount in and he's actually next to my squad, literally in circles on my bit of paper because I think that what James Ward-Prowse does is different to what Mount does. So Mount's contender to get in a team is Foden. Can I take Foden out oh, for Mount? I don't think I could. But Mount, don't get me wrong, all Chelsea fans, Mount has been exceptional and he honestly... Again, I think we'll have to agree to disagree there. Okay. Um, James Ward-Prowse has scored goals for Southampton. Mason Mount has won games for Chelsea. Agree. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, So literally, Josh, I agree with every single part of your team. That would be my strongest squad as well. For me... Saka has been good this season, but he does not get in the t- in the strongest team in- ahead of of Rashford, in my opinion. Oh, and, yeah. and I think that's the opinion of most people. Yeah, I think I think Rashford is a stronger player than Saka, but obviously does does Saka deserve the games? Yeah, yes. probably. But if if we're actually picking the strongest squad, then for me, Rashford has to get in ahead of. Saka. Saka. It's close. Don't get me wrong, it's close. Yeah. And for me, Mount also has to get in ahead of James Royal Prowse. Yeah. Okay. However, as you said, and this is might have been what Jake was thinking as well, there is a lot of room for rotation against um, Albania and San Marino. Maybe not necessarily Poland, because that's yeah. a fairly strong team. Um, 
But against those two teams, I think I think we could see a lot of subs at halftime. Yeah. A complete change in midfield. I'd love complete to see change in attack. Ollie I'd Watkins. love to see Ollie Watkins get his yeah. chance. Yeah. Because that guy also scores goals when he shouldn't really score goals. Yeah. And I like that about him. I think I think like you said, it is a great time to rotate and it's a perfect time with players out like Grealish and Madison and Sancho all injured. This is the time for Mount and even and Joe, Lingard. And, and Lingard to prove themselves. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's perfect for them. So I hope they do grab their chances, take them. Even Calvert-Lewin's going to have that chance. So yeah, of course, fingers yeah. crossed for them. Connor Cody might even get a little run out of the back. Yeah, definitely. So, and he played a few games for England last year and I thought he was exceptional. Also, so. Calvin Phillips for Leeds. He, another player yeah. who can... He's yeah. not, not going to get in the squad ahead of Rice, but it's another okay, Ahead of Rice, Rice's streets ahead of him. It's another thing for him. A Leeds United player back in the England squad, it's great for him to get yeah. on that team sheet and in the squad. So, Absolutely, I agree. So as I said, the three games coming up are Albania, San Marino and Poland. Actually, San Marino, Albania, Poland, in that order. Yep. So just quickly, Matt, what would be your score predictions, first of all, for the San Marino game? Six, six Bearing nil. in mind... 6-0, yeah. I was going to say probably our average goals against them is probably 7. Yeah. I'm going to go 7-0. Okay. So Matt says 6, I say 7. Uh, Albania? 1-0. Uh, what? Ooh, I'm going 5-1. You reckon? Okay. 5-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Poland? 2-0. Uh, 3-2 England. Okay. Lewandowski is going to get on the score sheet. Oh, yeah. 100%. He's yeah. going to bully us. Um, yeah. But I, well, I think we'll outscore them. Uh, we'd be interested to know what you guys think. So so uh, let us know by our email, uh, footballplugpodcast at gmail.com and uh, on our Instagram page, at the football plug podcast. Let us know what you think the results will be for those games. We'd be interested to know, wouldn't we, Matt? We would indeed. Okay, so our next topic of discussion was sent in to us by a good mate of mine, Owen. Uh, sent through our Instagram on the Instagram dooms. So he says... Um, he has an opinion that has been backed up by uh, female footballers that women's football should be played on a slightly smaller pitch with slightly smaller goals to suit their physicality. Now, he's not saying that they can't play on men's pitches, but the slight change might make their play look faster and more powerful, which would lead to more fans and help grow the popularity, something that their efforts deserve. And he says that this is backed up by Farrell Williams and Lucy Bronze. What do you think about that, Matt? So I did a, a little bit of research into this um, and what Farrell Williams and Lucy Bronze have said. Now, the idea of playing on smaller pitches and slightly smaller goals, it's not the idea of making them like nine aside pitches. They've literally said tiny little minimal changes to their game I, I think i looked as well it's it's like making the pitch between two and five percent smaller yeah which might not sound much but but i think what owen's saying here and what lucy bronzer said that it might make the difference yeah now this actually all started from the women's chelsea team boss emma hayes it was her she she suggested it and this is where farrah and lucy agreed with her now farrah was saying that their smaller pitches it will make the game faster. It'll make it more enjoyable for audiences. And of course, that's what women's football's in total trying to do at the minute is get get more yeah. recognition. Because obviously, like you look at sports like tennis, women's tennis is a lot 
more viewed because you have those bigger players like Venus Williams, Serena Williams, and that's what they're aiming for. Now, Lucy Bronze was saying that they always get compared. Like She said that she's been compared to De Bruyne because De Bruyne is the best player in the world. And she says that she sometimes gets compared to him because she's one of the best in the world. Now, what she's saying is how can you can compare men and women's football when they're having, at five years old, they're getting that technical coaching, that physical coaching yeah. from the start. And it's like Farrell was saying, you, in men's football, you have players like Andy, Andrew Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold who can absolutely ping the ball from one end of the field to the other. And she just said, at the moment, there aren't really any women who can do that. This, this is coming yeah. from Farrah. She said, there aren't women who can really do that. So making that pitch that little bit smaller will change the game for them and make it better. Like Lucy yeah. Bruns was saying, how can you compare a women's heavyweight boxer against Anthony Joshua? Exactly. You you just don't do that. They're, they're different sports. Like there's, would... a, there, there's a physical weight difference. Yeah. And that's what they're saying, that they want their sport to be recognised and brought forward into what can be viewed on telly like we do now. Like I'm sure they show... The Women's FA Cup is the only game of the year that gets shown on our tellies or the World yep. Cup. And they want to bring that forward into we, for audiences to watch it and be they can recognise the players. Oh, look, it's this person, that person. And that's what they're saying. They're, they're making the pitches small is what's going to get their... Their football is going to be fast-paced. More goals, more action. Yeah, and, and that's, that's what excites football fans about yeah. male football because I mean, sometimes not when Man United are playing... Um, but most of the time, the football is fast-paced, it's zippy, it's zingy, it's exciting football, it's end-to-end. Sometimes, with women's football, it hasn't quite got that drive to it. The quality might still be there, but it's not as fast-paced, and yeah. it, you might lose interest in it. And I think what, what Farrah Williams and Lucy Bronze are saying is that this slight levelling out of the playing field will make their game up to the level where everybody else wants to watch it. Because let's be honest, it, it, Matt, if you were given the choice to watch Scunthorpe and Salford City yep. or Chelsea and Arsenal women, you're going to choose. In fact, you might not even choose that, but um, it's not going to be on Sky Sports. The no. Scunthorpe game will be on. The Women's Super League game won't be on. Even though it's the Women's Premier League, like Chelsea exactly. and Arsenal. So they, they are the games we should be interested in watching. I mean, how I kind of think about what they're saying is in football you get right someone whips in a corner in in the men's football game it gets cleared and one player can just ping it up the other end of the field and it's a counter yeah. and they and they they score from a corner they've just conceded that how good is that feeling as a fan yeah. when it's your team now women then it still happens in the women's game but what they're saying is we can make it more exciting if you shrink our pitches we can be doing stuff like that as well but you're not giving that that's something we want to introduce is we can yeah, ping and that ball I, up there. I, I would, I would love to see that, and I would watch so much more women's football than I already do if that was the case. Because it, I'm going to be honest, it does need to be more exciting, more zippy, and you know these perfect. These are two of the best women's players in the world. Yeah. Um, and the fact that you know Premier League is shown all across the world. You, there's channels in America that show it, and you know not many Americans like soccer, but. But they show it because these Premier League footballers are the creme de la creme of of male football. And the the females in the Premier League, they are the creme de la creme of the of the female footballing world as well. Yeah. They are the best football players in the world, in the WSL. But it's not shown anywhere because, because it's not seen as that popular. 
Yeah, and that that's what that, what they were saying. I've read one. They did compare it. That's why I got the comparison was was tennis. Serena Williams and Venus Williams, Maria Sharapova. Their names in the sport. You're like, yes, I know them. There's a handful of women's football players that you pick out yeah. and say, I know who they are. I bet there's a lot of people out there listening now who are sitting there thinking, I could probably only name one or two of the women's international football team. Yeah. And it, which is which is sad. And I, I would say that, I think I could name more than one or two, but I couldn't, you know, I could probably name one or two Salford City players. Yeah. But I should be able to name a lot more women's Super League players than I should that. And all I'm going to say is I've watched the women's football and when they get elbowed in the face, they're up on their feet getting that ball. <laughs> a lot quicker than Marcus Rashford is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> women's football, it, it's, it has taken so many steps forward to where it wants to be from, I don't know, when I was um, 20 years ago, when I was five, I probably didn't, exactly. never even thought, thought about it. But yeah, where it is now, and it, it's and it has come on leaps and bounds and, and the athleticism is comparable. Like, the women are just as athletically capable as the men, but it's just, as you said, you can't compare women's heavyweight boxing to men's heavyweight boxing because there is a physical difference. Yeah. And there's a physical difference in in football as well. And this levelling out of the playing field by shrinking the pitches, I'm not sure the goals need to be shrunk. Uh, I don't think I agree with that. Because if that happens, then you've got someone like Lucy Bronze absolutely pinging it top bins week in, week out. Yeah. Um. So I don't think that, but yeah, yeah, making the pitch just that little bit smaller will increase the intensity, which will increase views, increase sponsorship, and then things, you know, the ball gets rolling that way. All right, moving swiftly on from that, we've got a new little section that I want to introduce to you, Matt. Um, We're going to see if we can chuck this section in every week. This is just going to be called, quite simply, Stat of the Week. Now, pretty much does what it says on the tin really every podcast i want you to throw me an outrageous stat and i'll throw you an outrageous stat and hopefully we can blow some people's minds so without further ado matt hit me with that stat without right. further ado matt hit me with that stat that rhymes that's hard to say so i'm going to read out three players football names and i actually want you to guess what they all have in common and this is their stat wayne rooney gareth bale and kevin davies they all have something very in common in the premier league what is it I don't know. <laughs> You're laughing, so it's something funny. Well, I'm going to tell you. All three of them have shit themselves on the pitch or something. Oh, no, it's, it's football-related. So Wayne oh. Rooney, Gareth Bale and Kevin Davies are the only three Premier League footballers to have scored a goal, assisted a goal and scored an own goal all in the same game. Legends. Congratulations Gareth Bale you. did that, did he? He did, yeah. I, I don't remember when, but yeah, he did do that. <laughs> Uh, it must have been when he was playing sort of that left-back role for Spurs. When he was playing football, must you been. mean. Not yeah. golf. <laughs> Good one. Kevin Davis, remember him? Mm. Legend. So, Jack, what, what's your stat for me? Shoot. Well, my stat is, of all the clubs in world football, there is only one to have a 100% win record against Barcelona. Wow. Do you know who that is? Uh, oh, wow. A 100%... It's clearly not going to be in a Spanish team. It's probably in the Champions League. So I'm going to say someone... I mean, I I, I think I've done my research right. I think it's the only team. Or maybe one of a few teams. This is the most standout team. I'm going to say uh, someone like... um, 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 I'm going to say... No, it's definitely not them. 
Did you say Rotherham, were you about to say? <laughs> I was going to say Roma. I'm going to say uh, Mönchengladbach. No, it's uh, Dundee United. <laughs> <laughs> Them boys from Scotland have a 100% win record against Barcelona. Four times, four wins. Two games in the 60s, wow. two games in the 80s. I love that. Unbeaten that is... against Barcelona. That is great. Uh, admittedly, they haven't played them since the final game in the 80s. However, they're the only team, I think, that have a 100% win record against Barcelona. So there you go, everyone. They're your two fantastic stats for this week. So we have reached the final part of today's podcast, and we, of course, are going to finish with a bit of Matt versus Jack. Now, if you've listened to our previous two podcasts, we are currently tied up at one all going into Oof. today's game. So, Jack, how are you feeling today? You feeling confident? It's all square, mate, and I'm confident. I'm confident. Good. That's what we like to hear. So, today's game, we do have a little bit of higher and lower. Now, I have some questions for Jack regarding footballing goals. Now, what I will do is read either player or a team and how many goals they have scored. And then I'll ask Jack about a different player or team and if he thinks they've scored higher or lower in the competition that I've read them in. And Jack, what have you got for me? Uh, I've got pretty much the same, mate, except I have gone for appearances. So I, like you, will read out two players and you will tell me how many appearances. Who has the more, most appearances, is what I meant to say. Okay, okay. So would you like to ask me a question first or answer a question first? Uh, I'll ask you first, mate. Oh, let, let's go. We are ready. So the first question is about England caps. Senior England caps. Now, Matt, who do you think has more England senior caps? Uh, Teddy Sheringham or Alan Shearer? I'm going to go with Teddy Sheringham. Ooh. Matt, you have got it wrong. Oh, <clears throat> I thought I'd yeah, go, sorry, yeah. it's, it's Alan Shearer. Uh, Teddy, Sh- Teddy Sheringham, Teddy Shearer, and Alan Sheringham. <laughs> uh, Teddy Sheringham has got fifty-one, and Alan Shearer has got sixty-three. Wow. Okay. Okay. So it's nil-nil, uh, nil-nil. So Jack, first question: In the Premier League, who has more goals? Ooh. Sadio Mane. Oof. Or Mohamed Salah? That's got to be an easy one. It's got to be Salah. Sadio Mane has 91 Premier no, League doesn't. goals. Shut up. Mohamed Salah has... Nine- oh, sh- he has 92. Sh- oh! <laughs> you got it. it I completely nil. forgot that Mane played for Southampton. He did, Completely yeah. forgot. But you still got it right. By one goal. That is close right okay are you ready for your second question i I think so yeah again we're sticking with england caps peter crouch or paul skulls it's gotta be isn't it it's gotta be paul skulls but are you trying to trick me i'm going paul skulls that's correct oh well done matt i was gonna say peter crouch 42 skulls 66 do you know what? Crouch has got more than I actually thought. Yeah, Crouch has got a fair few. Right, so it's one all, but you have a question in hand. So, here it is. I do. This is the Champions League now. Ooh. Who has more Champions League goals? Zlatan, Ibrahimovic, or Thierry Henry? So, I'm going to think about 
how long was Thierry Henry at LA Galaxy for? He was a year, a season. He was at uh, New York. Yeah, I think that's what I meant. Yeah, it's <laughs> Ibrahimovic that was at LA Galaxy, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Yeah, that's that's what I meant. I think they were both there for like a season. I think Henri was in America for about four seasons. Oh Christ! Yeah. All right then. I could be wrong, but I'm sure it was a, it was more definitely more than one season. Okay, and his time at Man United, he was in the Europa League, but he's been at Inter and AC, Barcelona, Barcelona, yeah, Juventus, Juventus. However, PSG, Omri. He's been at would have spent all his time at Arsenal in the Champions League, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, yeah, and Barca. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna go for Ibrahimovic. Ibrahimovic has 48 Champions League goals. Bloody hell, that's a lot. Thierry Henry has 50 oh. Champions League goals. Oh. oh, Thierry Henry scrapes it there. We're all tied up going into the final question. This is scary. <laughs> it is a little bit. Right, hit me. Sticking with England caps, Matt. Okay, okay, okay. Steven Gerrard. Oh, okay. Don't... Or David Beckham. Stevie G. That was bold. Is that your final answer? Do you know what? It's so bold that I'm scared. Yeah. I'm... I, I mean, you're afraid you can't change it now. That is your final answer. Oh, okay. David Beckham has 115 oh, appearances. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I did not realise that. Wow, okay. Steven Gerrard has a hundred and fourteen. Are you joking? <laughs> he has one less appearance than David Beckham. You make me sick. I'm sorry, Matt. Wow, okay. So So still one all. If you get this right. I go two one up. You go two one up. And two one up in that series as well. Hit me, Matt. We're in the Premier League again. Who has more Premier League goals? Liverpool. Or Chelsea. Oh. Jesus. This is in the entire Premier League history we're talking. So since 1992. Well, they've both obviously been in the Premier League the entire time. Yep. Oh, surely. Surely. Having won it three or four times, Chelsea have to have more goals than Liverpool. Surely. Don't tell me they don't. Is that your final? What we get? That's my final answer. Yeah, that's my final answer. Chelsea have one thousand eight hundred and eighty-three Premier League goals. That's a fair few. I'd like to say they're not in first place. First is Manchester United. Second is Arsenal. So that's us. Yeah. Liverpool have. No, I don't. One thousand nine hundred. No, they do not. (laughs) Seven. No, they do (laughs) not. I do do not believe you. I'm very sorry, but that. Is facts. So we are I heading into that. a decider. A tiebreaker. <laughs> Thanks for that. I could have just put a little sound bite in there, but you just <laughs> you do it yourself. That's one less bit of editing I have to do. Thanks, mate. Um now I, I, I this is quite kind, I reckon, this question. So your deciding question, Matt, is Arsenal appearances. No, this is gonna make me embarrassed. Martin Keown yep. or Ray Parler. Um, that is tough. Yeah. Wow. Two legends of the club. 
that's definitely going to be close as well because they both were there pretty much their whole careers. I will tell you, it's it's not not far apart. Oh. When you said both names, I definitely thought Ray Parler. But Martin Keown. Well, I'm no. I've got to go for my first first thought of Ray Parler. I'm not okay. convinced though, but I'm going for Ray Parler. Martin Keown. Yeah. Four hundred and forty-nine. Wow. Appearances for Arsenal. Okay. I think, if that's correct, I think when I was looking at Premier League appearances. Yeah. Oh, okay. 449. I think. Yeah. Oh, it might not be. I don't know. Um, Ray Parler. 400. 400. Don't say 36 or something like that. And 64. Wow! Well done, Matt. Oh, yes. Right. The Romford Pele helps Absolutely. you out there. So, if you get this, the series just ties up at two all. So. It does. This is the World Cup now. Oh, Christ. Who has more World Cup goals? Okay. Brazilian Ronaldo or Pele? Pele. Who would you like to know first? I want to know Pele first. 12. Oh, shit. Now, remember the top scorer doesn't have a great deal more than that. Brazilian Ronaldo has 15! No! Yes! <laughs> two oh, I'm one, devastated. 2-1! Two 2-1! One, two one. Oh. I'll be back next week. Stronger. Oh, you need to be. It's, it's, slip, oh, it's, that was, it's slipping that away. That was poor. It's slipping away. That was poor. And you went 1-0 up. 50-50s are hard. 50, yeah, they 50s are. 50s are hard. No left. excuse, though. No. No excuse from the poor performance. We'll be back. Team talk. Stronger next week. All right then, Matt. Looks like we've come to the end of the podcast. Thank you very much for listening, everyone, and uh, hope you've enjoyed. So if there is anything you'd like to hear us discuss in future podcasts or any opinions that you have that you'd like us to talk about, well, you can get in contact with us via our socials and our email address. Now, our email address is footballplugpodcast at gmail.com and our Facebook and Instagrams are thefootballplugpodcast. So make sure you give them a follow, give us an email, uh, any topics you want us to discuss. Uh, But other than that, it's goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. See you later.